1: Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the MVM show. We got a guest on today that's been on here before and you probably know well if you haven't. you are going to today. It's Josh from Outdoor Limits and he is on the show with us today. We got a lot of good topics that we want to go over. We want to talk about his dog uh, Cora and the, we're going to talk about the Rogers Waterfall Weekend they just had and also a podcast that him and Levi have been doing for a while now and it's doing really good and you guys need to check out and then just his plans for the season so Josh, without further ado, it's good to have you back on the show again.
2: Oh, it's good to be back on.
1: Yeah, it's been a—it's been a little bit. I don't think even—I don't think uh, Cora was even a twinkle in your eye yet, was she? Last time
0: you were on, no.
2: I think it was like two years ago or something like that.
1: Has it been that long? I think it's been a while. Um, I, unless we count the Flyways Collective. No, podcast. I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> it's like you, you just. I don't know how, you know, you go in between, have different guests or you have your own deals and you're like, man, I can't believe it's been that long since I've had them on. So I
2: can't believe you've been doing a podcast that long.
1: I can't either. Actually, I keep telling people, oh yeah, we've only had it for like not even two years. And I looked, I was like, oh, it's been three years. (laughs) I feel like, I I just felt like I just started it. But, uh, is this? Uh, this will be 126, I believe getting up there yeah you know what i didn't do any for like three or four months um usually i've kind of learned just as far as you know the off season it's just like it's kind of a good time i've learned it's taken me a little time to learn this but take a little bit of a break right after season's over reset no editing no podcast and it just it seems like i have a lot more excitement going back into it again so that's kind of why Really, I haven't even listened to anybody's podcast myself because I used to have a long commute, but now I I have like a 10-minute drive, so I don't even have time to really listen to, to anybody's podcast. But actually, why why don't first, why don't you tell us the name of your podcast and kind of what you guys have been doing over there. Uh-oh. We lost service here. Testing, one, two, three, Josh. <laughs> I lost you. Was that you or was that me? I don't know. I was sitting there yacking away, and then it just went doop, doop. Yeah. But anyways, I was I was saying, why don't you uh, tell us about your podcast uh, and the name of it and where they can find it and kind of what you guys have been doing over there, you and Levi. For sure.
2: Yeah, the name is the Outdoor Limits Podcast. We've got it pretty much anywhere that has podcasts on it. So Spotify and Apple are the two biggest ones. I don't know if anybody uses other platforms. Do you?
1: Um, I think you know. I see a lot of people that download on uh, Stitcher too. So I've never even heard of Stitcher. I didn't either until like a year and a half into this, and then all of a sudden people were like, "Yeah, we can you get it on Stitcher?" And I'm like, "What?" But actually, that's like probably the third or fourth most downloaded platform. So I never yeah. listened to nothing on it. But anyways, yeah, Spotify yeah, second.
2: I'll have to check that out. Yeah. But yeah, Levi and I, Levi's been a good friend of mine for a few years now, and we've grown to be pretty good hunting buddies. And so uh, this past spring, I got to talking with him. He wanted to start getting a little bit more involved with the YouTube stuff. I'm like, well, why don't we start a podcast together and see where that takes us? So Mm -hmm. um, I I don't remember when we started. I think it was in March is when we started. But I got all the gear and started recording, got a hosting platform, and put the word out on social medias and YouTube and it kind of took off from there. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've posted, I think 31 episodes now. You guys are cooking, it, man. Yeah. We're trying to do two a week. It sometimes uh, kicks butt trying to get that done, mm-hmm. but um, it's been fun. It's a lot of fun because we've got a Facebook group as well. And that's kind of been become own little
1: community shot. there.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's a good community. We got over a thousand people in there already. Do you really? Yeah.
1: Wow. That's quick, yeah. man. You know, yeah. I, I see really good engagement in there, too. The other day, I was like, man, they get, I mean, there's, it's a pretty active group. You can tell Levi works it pretty hard, though, too.
2: That's Levi, though. He's yeah. always on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, But colder. it's a good place for people to come in and ask questions and share what they've been up to and. I don't know, post a picture of what they're having for dinner or whatever duck hunting project they're working on. And sometimes the, the stuff that gets talked about in the group turns into a podcast topic, so that's helpful. Mm. But if, if, if any of your listeners want to check it out, it's the Outdoor Limits Podcast Facebook group. So just look yeah. up Outdoor Limits Podcast on Facebook.
1: Yeah, go ahead and check it out. I'm, I follow it too, and it's, there's a lot of good stuff in there. It's very, very, like you said, helpful, interesting, just normal talking about steak. I mean, it just, whatever it's, there's everything in there. It's pretty cool. So yeah. Yeah.
2: My goal with that group is to make it a super fun, helpful and inviting place for people to come because it seems like a lot of the big Facebook groups for waterfowl related stuff. There's a lot of people that chime in and have negative and derogatory comments. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the rules of being in the group that I'm hosting is like, we, we don't Accept any of that. Like, mm-hmm. there's gonna be people who are looking to start waterfowl hunting this year, and they've mm-hmm. got questions that some seasoned people have got a lot of seasons under their belt. They're like, "You're an idiot for asking that question." Right. It's like, no, this person hasn't ever done this before, and they're asking a genuine question that they don't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, that group kind of takes off, and everybody's helpful and supportive and upbeat. So that's it's good.
1: been good so far. That's good yeah I, like you said it is. I, I there's so much I don't know what it is, but it's just Facebook's pretty much a lot more bitter it seems like Instagram stays a little more positive, but yeah, that's awesome man yeah that's good so what about uh what about Cora how's things going it seems like things are going really good with Cora
2: It's fantastic. I didn't realize how much I would love training a dog <laughs> until I started doing it. Mm. It is like the most rewarding process of anything I've ever done because like every, every week I'm putting time and reps in with this dog to get to where she needs to be and make her the best that she can be. And, you know, it, it's a lot of work. There, there's definitely been days where I've wanted to pull my hair out and sell the dog, but <laughs> there's also been days where I'm jumping for joy because we pushed through those low mo- moments and got back on another high.
1: Yeah. What, what was some of the struggles in training that made you feel that way? Like what part of the training was kind of the getting to you a little bit?
2: Yeah. So we're only halfway done with the cornerstone program that we're using. And so far, like up until, you know, a few weeks ago, it was, we were flying through it. So the first 18 weeks of training or 17 were just obedience training. So we built a really solid foundation and that was really easy for us to work on in the backyard in little fifteen minute segments. And so that that went easy. And then we started retrieving at week eighteen. And uh, that went good. We went through our hold conditioning process after that. And that that was kind of a struggle, but we worked through it. It wasn't too bad. Um, I just kinda had to figure out what she needed to be successful and that's what really made that happen. So hold conditioning, a lot of people struggle with it, but like from what I can tell, we got through that pretty easy compared to what some other people have had to fight through. But we didn't really start having a struggle until about week 25 in the training. So that was when we were working on lining memories and longer retrieves. So our issues have been picking up the bumper in the correct spot and taking a straight line out, straight line back, and staying on t- on task, and focused. And I've figured out like after I filmed a video of her progress training, it was a complete nightmare. I realized after editing and watching that video is like, I am way too tense uptight. And that's, what's really bogging down this session. She knows what she needs to do Mm. and I'm being too hard on her and making it more work than fun. And so she just kind of lost focus in it. So Mm. that was our, our struggle moment was, really pushing out the lining memories to over a hundred yards and having everything be successful from that aspect. So we, we pushed through, we kept grinding and I kind of let off after I saw that video. I'm like, man, I'm way too hard on her. I'm treating her like she's been fully trained for six years now. Right. Man. Right. <laughs> so I had to really dial back. She's seven months old. Right. And so I have to treat her like she's seven months old. She's going to have lots of energy and curiosity. And so I don't want to, be so hard on her that she just doesn't think training's fun anymore and doesn't want her to do it. So I lightened up. I stopped worrying about how she's healing when we're going out to do a lining memory walking a hundred yards. That's boring for her. Mm-hmm. So I mixed in some little running, let her kind of roam around while I'm still walking out there Now I'd have her heal, toss a bumper, and then we make our way back doing whatever she pleases. And that made a huge difference mm-hmm. for us. So I got down on her level, and ever since then, she's been doing great. But right now, we've been battling the heat. Last week was the yep. word. Yep. And uh, this week, it's looking like it's going to be a little better. So hopefully we can keep plugging through. I'm kind of on a timeline at this point because mm-hmm. I'm wanting to hunt her this year at the beginning of the season, but I don't want to push it. Yep. But we're looking very close. So it's it's keeping my drive up because I want to take her as soon as I can.
1: Right. What, so what is the, um, the, how many weeks is it to be fully finished?
2: So the training program is 56 weeks of training. Now that's a great outline to follow, but some weeks your dog will need maybe eight sessions of that material to be fluent. Mm -hmm. You know, it's basically, it's not set in stone. You train this way four days in a row this week, you're going to have to be able to, you've accomplished the goal and you're moving on to the next week. Mm. You got to kind of make sure your dog understands the concepts before you push through. So yeah, we, we spent an extra week on those lining memories and uh, I'm glad we did. We got her drive back up cause she just didn't seem to have much retrieving drive at all.
1: Mm. Yeah. That was one thing I learned with Rocky. It was just like, I, and I think it, just a kind of suggestion of any of you guys that are trained. I know there's always someone getting a dog or trained dog. I get messages all the time. And that is I would highly suggest just taking your phone or whatever you have and videoing your sessions. And it's not necessarily for your dog. It's for you because I did the same thing. I think that was one of the best things I could have ever did is see myself, what I'm doing. And like, man, like I'm way too tense or like you said, way too hard or I'm expecting way too much. And like you said, they're only, you know, 15, 16 weeks, four months, five months old. And you're like, what? You know, that ain't no fun. No wonder they're not all into it. Because I could see when you was kind of like, hop, up and like, and just, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, she, her whole demeanor was totally different. And it really is based on us. We can bring it up or we can bring it down based on how we act or what we do. So, I mean, I, I it was night and day. I could see the difference in your video with her and training and stuff. So, I'm, I'm stoked for you because... That can be I, – I know one thing I sh- struggle with because it does take patience was uh, force fetch, and I, I don't think you guys have that same deal with the Cornerstone Gun Dog, but it was – when I changed and made it exciting for her or for Rocky, uh, it was just like inst- – I mean, it was like – took a couple weeks, and as soon as I changed it to a positive approach, which I sounds like you were saying gun, Cornerstone Gun Dog is a lot about the positive thing. Yeah. It was when it was just like bam, he got it, you know. And uh, watching Chris Aiken, he really is pretty positive and lighthearted when he's training. But I think you're just trying to do everything right. You kind of just start getting. It's not that you're mad; you're just like tense, like you said, you know, and really mm-hmm. focused. Yeah, and then you
2: get frustrated mm-hmm. because things aren't going right, and then that just it's a downward spiral at that point. Mm-hmm. So I've really, I've, I've grown as a trainer myself to learn to not sweat the little things. We can correct those later. Right. If she's not healing all the way, who cares? Right. Like let her go figure out what all these smells are so she's not distracted by them in the field. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's been very rewarding. It's been a lot of fun. I I like to joke around and say that training her is my daily dose of crack. (laughs) Like I just have to go do it. I got to go because it's it's a her, a time for her and I to be together and doing things that we're working towards and yep. being able to put that time in and build our relationship.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah. It, it's, it is rewarding. I, I never thought, I never saw myself either as a train, like I'm going to train a dog and, and <clears throat> man, when it gets done, you're like, I mean, obviously we're having instruction on how to do it and that's totally fine. But it's like, man, I did this, we did this, me, me and Rocky did this together and like it's, you you can't beat it. You just can't beat it. And you pretty much start getting in your brain. Like not that it's bad to hunt without one, but like, why would I ever want to again? You know, I'm always going to have a hunting buddy. Yeah. Dog. Cause you do uh, a lot of solo hunts too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good to have her. Mm-hmm. It'll be a nice little break from the solitariness of a solo hunt.
1: Plus mm-hmm. yeah.
2: so I get to just spend time with her and I, which I'll probably enjoy a
1: lot. So, what I might have asked us already, but what specifically are you working on right now?
2: So, we are about to start using a bumper launcher. Oh, really? Yeah. So, we introduced her to gunfire last week. Oh, so, we're going to go. It went great. It was hot. And I mean, the gunfire part of it was fine. It didn't bother at all. Okay, cool. But the retrieving part was a bit sloppy. I mean, it was like 97 degrees when we were yeah. doing it. like the last 30 minutes of the day. And then she got started getting eaten up by bugs and lost all of her focus. So, you know, I took, I took, took it with a grain of salt, but the main focus was the gunfire. We'll work on retrieving. She's got it down. She just, it was an off day for
1: her.
2: Mm -hmm. You want to hear a funny story? Yeah. So yesterday morning I took her out to go potty. She was sitting there looking at me doing her business and then between her and I, out of a tree, comes a little baby bird fluttering down to the ground. I think it just got kicked out of the nest. Huh. And she locks eyes with that bird. And she pinches that thing off and goes. And she chases it down. She pins it up against the fence and starts hopping, like, side by, side to side right uh-huh. next to it. And she's trying to play with it. And she, she would not pick it up. <laughs> kind of funny. But this morning... Um, I found another big bird in the yard. So I'm like, Cora, what's that? And then she goes for it. She starts playing with it a little bit. And I'm like, okay, this we'll this will work on this later or whatever. A little bit of live bird in intro, I guess. Yeah. But um, then she picks it up. I'm like, oh, this is cool. All right, Cora, here. Let's let's get a, get a win out of this. Make it a retrieve with a live bird. But that didn't happen. No, she, she grabbed that thing and started running around.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but was it was she, funny. Did she start doing the old shaking the head thing? <laughs> no, she was holding it and then just like running and hopping. She's a big hopper. Well, oh, man, she's got those long legs like a jackrabbit. Yeah. She, can she can jump pop- fast. Oh, I know. I can't wait. Like, she can jump and
2: nip my nose. Holy smokes.
1: Yeah. Wow. So so you got that you got the uh so as far as the launcher goes um is that because you're going to be doing those really long marks
2: yes so right now i've only got the lowest level powder charge blank so i don't know how far it's going to shoot but hopefully it'll go a little farther and i can throw one but i think i i, I haven't watched all the videos in cornerstone about this so I'd, i'm not a huge expert on what we're going to be doing but um I think the launcher is going to also add that element of gunfire in there, mm-hmm. and hopefully that ties it. I, like I said, I I haven't watched all the videos, so I don't know exactly what we're working towards this week. But I just know we're going to be using the bumper launcher.
1: Okay, okay. I was just curious. Like I I've thought about I've so many times almost had to put one in my cart. Like when I'm down at uh, Sportsman's mm-hmm. Warehouse, and I'm like, man, I really would like to do that just because it's kind of hard if you're out there trained by yourself all the time. But where I train Rocky, it's, um, it's the high school. So I don't think they'd appreciate a, a bang going off like a gunshot. Yeah. I was like, I'd probably get arrested or something thrown to the ground. So I better hang off on that, but it would be nice for those really long retreats. And then just to start looking beyond 50 yards, a hundred yards, looking out there at like two, 300 yards, you know? Hmm. But like in the grand scheme of things, it, you don't really need to work out past that
2: because more often than not, in a hunting situation, you're not dropping birds out that no, far. No, no, no. You might get one or maybe like ten birds total a season to sail out that far. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they're going to be right in the decoys.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's that's technically real more of a, a trials type thing and all that, but <laughs> it w- it is just fun. Like especially. My more thinking of that was because Rocky exercise for Rocky just for the fact he's a bigger dog. So I I got to push a little harder to get a little more cardio in him than I, like your dog or uh, Elliot's dog. You know, they're just mm-hmm. naturally lean. So I kind of thought of it that way, but it's like, eh, I don't know if it's really that necessary, but it would be fun to have. For sure. Yeah, I don't I don't even think Cora's broken 40, 40 pounds yet. And she's
2: hey, six months, you said? She'll be eight months here in a couple days.
1: Okay. Okay. Wow.
2: So I don't know how much more growing she's got like bone wise, but if she stays the size she is, she's going to be a little feisty thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm curious because I remember, I wonder how old Elliot's, how old Georgie was when we went on that collective that year, because I remember I was like, I knew she was small in the videos, but when I saw in person, she was like really like I'm used to looking at Rocky, right? Which is abnormally big. I was like, holy cow, looks like a puppy. And I think she was, she had to been getting close to a year old at that time. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, but then I seen her a month or two ago when I was out there, or what? actually was just a month, and she's actually filled out. She's not by any means big or heavy or anything, but she just looks more beefed up a little bit and okay, she doesn't look so small, so I'm wondering if that's what Cora's going to do.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen, but the breeder said she's only going to be like 55, 60 pounds, and I think she was the runt of the litter, too, so she's going to probably oh, be smaller. She? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I didn't see any of the other dogs. I've got 2nd pick female, so. So you said
1: she's 40 right now? I'd say probably somewhere around 40. So what? She'll She'll probably will be 55 or so, I'd imagine, huh? Somewhere close to that. Because I've heard, I mean, they're basically, Rocky grew up until the, almost the second year or so, and that's when he just pretty much filled out. Yeah, I've
2: heard that they, like, by the time they get to about eight months, their bones are pretty close to being done.
1: Mm. I think it's more just muscle filling in and stuff like that. Getting their yeah. adult meat or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, man, I don't know if it's how, a little change of pace here on subject. I don't know if... uh if it's normal or not, maybe it is. And I just never realized it, but I cannot believe how many vendors and how many people were at this, uh, Rogers waterfowl weekend this last weekend. You know, is that normal? That, there was quite a few, but
2: in years past, there's actually been more. Really? Yeah. I think some of the vendors aren't quite ready to come out of the woodworks yet.
1: Well, do you think that is just cause COVID or just, yeah. Yeah. yeah just all They the just COVID's- don't have their stuff in yet and they don't want to be out there. Or
2: just because of travel and things like that. Oh, oh gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> like getting sick and things.
1: Gotcha. Man, I was looking on there, and I was like, I've always, I've wanted to go to it. It just never lands right. But next year, I'm definitely going to make it a priority to try to be out there. Maybe like a working vacation or just go out there anyways. But I was telling Tonsta, I was like, man, everybody was there. That really would have been a fun deal just to meet and greet and shake hands with people. And just would have been neat. It, There's a lot of people out was, there. I met... Oh,
2: I, I can't even count how many people I talked to that are fans of the channel and the podcast.
0: Hmm. It
1: was what, really cool. How many people do you think were there? Oh, easily a thousand. Really? Wow. Yeah. You, you guys kind of got some bad weather too, didn't you? Yeah, it was kind of spotty showers. It cleared up in the afternoon though. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, live music and all these vendors out there and... Did you, what's uh, some stuff that you've seen new out there?
2: Well, I saw the Lucky Duck 2x4, the new flip cover. That looked pretty cool.
1: Oh, really? I didn't even, yeah. I don't remember even seeing anything about that. Yeah. Um, all the new FA stuff. So that was cool. Yeah. And then there's still some more to come, right? Yeah. Well,
2: I got to show off all the new stuff for Final Approach. Oh, you did? You, yeah, even the stuff that hasn't been released yet. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, that I was, I was wondering because I, I wondered, is like, are they letting the public see that, or is that kind of something you know stay in the background still? But oh yeah, we cool. brought it all out. Those widgen are just—I can't get over those Wijden. They look Everybody so says good. That. Were they? Were, says it. were they getting a lot of good stuff said about it that weekend? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I don't know how you good. couldn't. Yeah, everybody came over to the FA booth and saw the decoys and picked up the Wigeon and looked at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, in my opinion, by far they're the best looking out there, and the fact they're EVA. I like I like how they did the kills. You know, it's got the three attachment points wherever you want to put it. Um, it's, they look so good. And uh, I was talking to somebody about it, about uh, they're like they sent me the post of the Wigeon with the mouth open. And uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I seen I got to see him in person or whatever. And and they're like, oh yeah. And we were talking about, well, obviously it's it's not decoys are for us, right? Really. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that looks good. Cause you can kill decoys over or I'm sorry, you can kill birds over any type of decoys in all reality. But to have decoys that you like to look at, it just even helps it that much more. And I was like, I love, it's not going to make more birds come in because the mouth's open. I I know F.A. knows that and the carver knows that, but it just looks really, really neat. It's almost kind of one, honestly, you want to just hang up on your wall, like as a keepsake kind of type thing.
2: Oh, yeah. And I've seen all the wooden carves of the decoys too. Oh, did you in person? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, dude, that's cool. Were they painted or just just carved? I've I've seen more
2: carves than painted ones. I think I've only seen the mallards that were painted. Hmm but they look so good. They make even production decoys look like garbage
0: Wow! because the
2: carvers are the ones who paint them. And, uh, so I'll backtrack here and kind of explain the process. Yeah, I would love to hear it. Yeah. How a decoy comes to market is. So basically, um, most companies have decoy carvers that work for them and like their final approach has world champion decoy carvers. So, Little backstory on that is these people, the carvers, they carve decoys and put them into a contest. And they have to be like, they have to have a keel and floatable and actually like work as a decoy, but you can win competitions with your decoy carvings and painting on them. So these companies hire the carvers, they carve a chunk of wood, and then it gets approved. They get they the carvers paint that carve. And then that carve and the paint are used to make a cast for the plastic versions. And then the paint is used to um, make the paint schemes on the actual production decoys. So, you know, I learned a lot of that through uh, doing stuff with final approach. And it was just kind of interesting because as before that, I I had no clue that decoys were made from wood to begin with.
1: Uh Mm-hmm. So let me ask this. I'm gonna go in a little bit more detail and backtrack again. So they carve the world; these world class guys. I know some of them were like 12 time world champs that are carving these decoys for FA. But let's say they carve one out. So th- do they send it to FA just carved and they say, okay, this is what we want? Then they send it back, and then they paint it and send it back and get approval again. Is that how? Like it kind of goes through that whole approval process, or or so- no?
2: I think it, I don't, I'm not a huge expert in this, but I think it goes carve to then getting approved and then the carve gets casted and they make like a a plaster cast out of it so then they can form the molds for the plastic with that cast and then the carver paints the decoy Mm. and then the production team uses that to do the painting on the production
1: decoys. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. That's that's cool, man. That's a that's a really cool process. I wonder what kind of wood they're using. Do you even do you know? I think I would to say it's a lot of bass wood. Okay. They're not it's not all that heavy. Light. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, because I think they're if I remember I'm not a professional, it's kinda of actually pretty be pretty neat to get one of the guys on here that carves those just on the podcast and talk about the whole process. But I'm pretty sure they, they like If they kind of tip sideways and don't float that, I mean, that's a major negative. Like it has to be floating right, all that good Mm -hmm. stuff, right? Like that's all part of it.
2: I'd be curious to listen to that podcast. You ought to go make some calls and see if you can get some decoy carvers on the line.
1: I will. I'm going to actually. Actually, I know, I know too that I I could hit up that. I I just never thought of doing that, but that would be very interesting.
2: People would really like to hear about that. I mean, I would.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll beat me to it <laughs> or we'll both have <laughs> one on <laughs> but, yeah so one of the well let's not, let's not talk about that right now we'll do that offline one of these days but so going back to <clears throat> the waterfowl weekend um um just kind of bounce around between different places so I know like um my mind's going blank his name uh bill with um Dakota decoys it looks like they came out with a pentel yeah a standing field Pintel. it's kind of yeah. I don't for think them. I saw that. And Dakota they didn't have a booth. Oh, they didn't because Bill was no. there. Yeah, Bill was hanging out at the Lucky Duck booth. Oh, really? I guess they're kind <laughs> of buddies though, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, they also had, and I seen that as a fully flocked um uh, mallard tube. And I was like, is that new because I don't remember them ever having that before. It's like a fully flocked, not just the head, the whole thing, but that was something new. I seen uh, what else did I see out there? I seen uh Wade, I guess looks like Wade Shoemaker. I didn't know he was associated with uh Rigam right? Those guys were out there and um yeah. pretty pretty good group. Yeah, it was a good turnout. I was I was like, man, that would have been cool just again, you know, trying to make friends with everybody whether and it has nothing to do with oh, working with them or sponsors For and sure. stuff. It's just neat just meeting more dudes in the waterfowl community kind of expanding your 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 friendships and relationships, but Oh, Oh, one
2: hundred percent! You hit the nail on the head. Like, I got to spend so much time with the guys at Higden Momar. It was awesome.
1: Oh, okay, they were there too, huh?
2: Yeah, they were in the booth right next to mine.
1: What was uh, Bo there? Yeah, uh, Bo was there. He was. That, yeah, he that, did. I don't know where he came from. If he's new to it, I have got a kick out of that guy in the last couple. Their last couple episodes, he is fun. At first, I was like kind of taken back by him. I was like, is this guy for real? But then the more I watched, I was like, this dude's legitimately actually funny and just trying to have a good time. But I've never heard nobody do a turkey call. There ain't nobody that could <laughs> do a turkey call like that, dude. It's unbelievable.
2: Uh, yeah, he had his diaphragms out all weekend. He's he was actually a dunk tank, and he was blowing his turkey calls in the dunk tank while wearing an American flag. Wonder.
1: <laughs> okay, so he's like that all the time then.
2: Oh, yeah. He's a squirrel. He's what's so his, cool. Though. What's
1: his name? Uh, Bo, um, what's his last name? Uh, people want to, maybe want to look him it up. I'm, Bo Brooks. Yeah, Bo, Bo Brooks. B-E-A-U, I think, or something like that. But, man, he, he was, They've done a little couple episodes on some of his corn and stuff like that. But I've never heard anything like I've heard that dude do a turkey call. It, I'm bl- mind-blowing. Even people that are pros were commenting on his video. That's cool. He yeah. was there, though. He seemed like quite the character.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a cool guy. He was actually doing an
1: owl call with a duck call. Does it sound good? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He, oh, is owl calling, too. I think he's like a world champ owl caller, too.
2: Yeah, he was telling me that he was doing a, uh owl calling contest before he came. He said, yeah, I don't want to talk about that.
1: Oh, really? Wow. Because he was uh, doing some practice uh, Instagram TV videos, and I was like, whoa. I can't. <clears throat> it, it was because pre- i've grown up El hunting so i i thought it sounded amazing but maybe those guys blow him away but anyways that's cool man yeah we're, we'll definitely have to make that a point just to go and just hang out with everybody you guys and what about i seen uh steve rogers was doing some little interviews everybody seemed pretty busy having a good time out there
2: oh yeah yeah it was it was a hopping day on saturday friday was hot and kind of slow because everybody was at work but yeah, Saturday was a lot of fun. It was a lot of hands to shake and people to talk to, and the day flew by real fast.
1: Cool, cool. Um, so let's go over this real quick. <clears throat> What's or not real quick? Just take your time. But you got any uh, plans this season? What's on your mind? What's on the plate? What do you got going for this upcoming kind of well, season?
2: You know. I really kind of learned a lot over this past weekend at Waterfowl Weekend and talking to the viewers. And I was like, so what what hunts do you like the best? Do you like the goose hunts or the duck hunts? Every single person I asked said duck hunts. Hmm. So I think I'm going to need to go out and do a little bit more duck hunting this year. Hmm. Uh, Cater to the fans that like watching the duck hunting. And I got the new dog, got the new boat. So it's definitely gonna be a lot more fun and, uh, I'm going to be more willing to go travel and hunt ducks. Now that I got that big boat too.
1: Mm-hmm. It just,
2: I feel like the big boat's going to make it a lot easier to explore new areas.
1: Oh dude. <clears throat> yeah. And time wise too, just being able to explore. Yeah. Well, man, I'm th- that opens up like two good topics. So let's jump on the, um, the duck thing. So let me ask you this before I ask some more questions about duck versus goose. Um, what's your preference?
2: Whatever is in the voice.
1: Okay. So, um, well, I guess I mean, like, if you know, you can go have a good duck hunting spot and you, but you got a really good goose hunting spot, what are you going to pick?
2: Well, it's a toss up. It really depends on the day. I really like hunting geese over water that, yeah. that really gets my rocks off. Mm-hmm. Like it, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm.
1: And the reason I'm asking that, because I'm major like duck, like that's just me though. Right. But Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, let me ask you this. Did you see in your reviews last year where duck hunting did better than goose or vice versa? Did you notice that just basing off of what people said too.
2: a little bit, um, by the time I'm doing a lot of goose hunting, it's in January. True. So that's all you you can do. Yeah. January and a little bit of February. And then by that point, it seems like a lot of viewers kind of drop off mm-hmm. maybe because I'm doing more goose hunts than duck hunts or people's seasons close and they're just kind of over it and don't want to look at duck hunting and get even more into duck depression than they already are. Mm.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And I, I see that we all see that obviously it's definitely, it's just like January 31st is gone. It's just gone <laughs> after that. But, um, I was just asking that because I know like my, I like the goose hunts too, but by far I, I love like the, the kayak, um, when you're just in the thick of them, you're doing your layout stuff. Like I really, really enjoy that. And I'm hoping to do some of that, more of that myself this year, but then mm-hmm. like you said, you got the boat. So are in the back of your mind, do you see a ton more options you're going to have now? Cause you have the boat
2: for sure. And I've got some crazy ideas rolling around in my head right now.
1: Just as far as setup, or just just places you're going to go? Uh,
2: species and setup. Oh, really? Hmm.
1: Mm, interesting. I've got
2: some, I've got some crazy ideas. I have never seen anybody with a layout boat in the middle of a reservoir in
1: Kansas. If that's <laughs> how- that that uh, that's funny you say that because we have some ideas similar to that. I Me, mean, I mean, you're probably thinking that because of what you see the ducks doing, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, well, folks, stay tuned on Outdoor Limits and Mid-Valley Mercenaries to see how this works out for us because it is – I, I don't know if it's crazy, though. I mean, do you think it's really a crazy idea? You just – nobody does it. But does that mean it's crazy? Because, I mean, seems like it's going to work. It's out of my wheelhouse, I'll True. say that much. True. Yeah. But my, in, my philosophy – and I,
2: I, I've talked about this with Levi on my podcast a lot – is like – I've done everything, you know, everything I can do in Kansas. I've done it, um, within my power. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of awesome duck hunts. I've had a lot of awesome goose hunts on fields and water. Mm -hmm. It gets to the point where, you know, there's only so many hunts a year where you can sit by a farm pond and see geese roll up and you you waylay them, you know, it's fun in the moment, but you know, I've got this urge this season to, explore and travel and do some things I've never done before just to do it Mm. because there's probably going to come a day when I can't do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I want to, I want to make the most of it while I can. Yeah. And even if I shoot one or two ducks on that hunt, it's all about the experience for me. I want to go out to some new reservoir, go to some random spot that I scouted out the night before and see how it goes. Hmm. It could be a flop. It could be really good. Maybe explore some new marshes. I don't know. I want to try some new stuff and explore. And with it being more popular for duck hunting on my channel, mm-hmm. um, we'll go ahead and try and do it.
1: Do you feel like you're going to hunt more, uh, this year than you did last? You're going to hit a little bit harder this year than you did last year?
2: I don't know. It depends. It really depends on how much of my personal life gets involved mm-hmm. with my schedule.
1: Mm-hmm. What are you normally typically doing? How many times are you hunting a week usually through the season? Generally like 2 to 3 times. Okay. And see that's a, that's a lot when you are editing filming that's a lot. It's it's it, to me it is because I feel like it takes a day to reset, recharge everything, dump the footage, like that's a busy schedule. 3 times a week for filming. I feel like Oh yeah. For sure. Not to so include I've, I've editing. Got
2: really good, I've got a really good system down when it comes to editing, though. Like, yeah. I've got, I've done it so much mm-hmm. that I've really kind of learned how to do it. And with upgrading technology and upgrading software, like I'm at the point now where it's not a pain for me to edit. Mm-hmm. It's just, I have to make time to do it. And I'm usually done with a video in an hour.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm actually I, – I feel the same way. Um, It's not a four, five, six hour deal unless once in a great while I want to do something a little fancy with B-roll, but I don't do that nowhere near as much because it doesn't really help the video get any more views. So it's kind of like, it's fun to watch every once in a while, but it's not a big deal in my opinion anymore. Mm -hmm. But anyways, yeah, that's cool, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this year, um, I'll just throw this out there for myself. I'm trying to make this year where everything's a little bit more raw and maybe not so much talking and just a little bit more raw not long and just drawn out when i say raw but i mean just like it's the hunt right and mm-hmm. i say that every year and you you start you feel like you start that momentum like this one'm going to do but then you kind of morph at the end of the year you're back to certain things so that's that's my goal this year as far as oh, yeah. filming and editing cuz it's easier to it's easier to edit like you said you can do it in an hour or two and it's, it uploads quick and easy, and you're done, and it's the hunt. You don't need all the other fancy stuff, you know? For sure. But any uh, out-of-state plans, or are you going to s- hit the Kansas hard?
2: You know, I always go to Nebraska a couple of times a year. Go visit Blake up there, hunt with him, have Balake. a good time. Balake. <laughs> and um, so I'm probably going to do that again this year. I just got to make sure he's got... Room in his schedule, he's working a lot right now, but um, that's always fun. But the thing is, Nebraska pushed back their opener to the same weekend as Kansas' opener, so
1: Mm.
2: that's kind of a bummer. So I got to wait another week to start hunting. But yeah, Nebraska's on the plate, Kansas for sure, Missouri is a maybe. Actually, no, I've got Missouri on the books, okay, that'll be and I'm also. I'm working on dates to have Texas in the books. Oh, really? And I've also got an Oklahoma slash Texas on the books as well.
1: Not in the world, you are gonna, you're going to be busy this year. Oh, and
2: I might have Oregon on the books as
1: well. Okay, you're going to go all the way to Oregon, but you're not going to dip in. I guess you got to buy another license though. So, man, you can only spend so much money. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. That's that's sounds like you you're saying you're not going might not be that busy, but it sounds like that's a pretty full plate right there. <laughs> yeah. No, I said it. <laughs> you're funny dude like, you're like ah, oregon kansas texas oklahoma hawaii no <laughs> uh, that's if I cool man would like it if i went to hawaii <laughs> yeah i bet Wouldn't all of ours <clears throat> well right on man um anything else you want to add uh i know uh check tell us where we can there's a lot of places we can find you on so why don't you give us all the places we can find you
2: YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, it's Outdoor Limits. Podcast is Outdoor Limits Podcast. And I think that's it.
1: All right. Oh, that group, that Facebook group.
2: Yeah, that Facebook group as well.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I appreciate you coming on, kind of last minute, hit you up this morning, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Guys, do us a favor, please, and uh, go in and uh, rate and review ours. And also go over to uh, and subscribe and check out Josh's Josh's podcast and go over there and leave them a rating review it really helps all of us out. And we like putting the content out. It's a no brainer and easy for us to talk about ducks every day, all day. So it's just fun to do. And uh, glad you're on here, man. Looking forward oh, to yeah. our seasons. Can't wait. It's about that time. Yeah. I can't wait either. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one.